Welcome to Crystal Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Jenny. In today's episode, we speak with Salma Alam, the founder of AnkBody.com, about experiences with yoga for self-healing, with a special focus on sex, and figuring out what Tantra actually is about. Sama spent over 15 years as a professional dancer and choreographer in New York before injuries forced her to heal her body. She is certified in Pilates, the Melt Method, and holds a 500-hour yoga teacher training certificate from Ishta Yoga in New York City. Sama and I met during our teacher training and have since found our way to living in the same city. Over a glass of wine or a cup of tea, mm, probably more like wine for me and tea for Sama, we debriefed over feeling worse after yoga, why there were too many men in kundalini classes, and how the heck we were surviving the planetary shifts. Sama brings a wonderfully grounded view of healing the physical body and has a lot to say about our sacral chakra, or the chakra associated with our favorite topics, sex and relationships. Before we get started today, everyone knows that I have a special appreciation for sensuality, especially in the form of wine. For today's episode, I'll be tasting Lost Inhibitions from Church and State Wines located in British Columbia outside of Vancouver. I fell in love with the bottle at a local wine store. This version is called Align Your Effin' Chakras. Considering we are all a little out of balance from COVID-19, I thought a mindful glass of wine during our interview was an absolute necessity. I hope Sama doesn't mind. Hello. Hi. Hi, Salma. How are you? I'm good, Jenny. How are you today? I am doing well. Thank you for joining in. How are you holding up? Um, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, You know, doing the best I can. Grateful, especially in these times to have uh, yoga and meditation as a practice to create (laughs) as much space as possible. Um, Yeah. Well, welcome. And um, we are definitely excited to hear all about your background. Um, Do you want to start and tell us a little bit about what exactly you do for your personal practice? Because I think um, many of us are feeling exhausted and fatigued and starting to lose our minds a little bit. And and might be (laughs) here with their own practice. Yeah. um, Well, one of the things uh, for my practice, I really... uh, hone in on is how I'm feeling that day. So as much as I love a hardcore feel it, some days is just not the case. So really adapting that day by day, like sometimes it's just, okay, I need to be propped up on some bolsters and restore before I can even think about trying a plank or a chaturanga (laughs) 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 to, you know, uh, in that regard. So for me, it's like, you know, I like doing it in the morning just coming to the mat. Um, if I'm really not sure how to start, I'll go into a child's pose, just take a few breaths or start on my back. And then, you know, if I'm looking to be a little more active, I, you know, go through the cat cows, the sun breaths, the sun salutes, ultimately ending up on the ground, doing some, you know, forward stretching, some side bending and getting ready for the meditation portion. And then I'll, I'll lead into a meditation But like I said, some days, you know, I'll just do some restorative and then go into the meditation or do a little yin and then go into the meditation if my energy is a little bit lower. (laughs) 
I I hear you. I feel like to, uh, today specifically, I was going through my Instagram feed and all my yoga friends had their legs up the wall and were sort of <laughs> just trying to cope. So I think it's I think it's great that um, you've learned and had the toolkit. Can you just tell us a little bit about how you ended up in yoga land? Because I know that you have a really big background and dance and Pilates. And so it might be nice to kind of just hear about your personal journey and how you landed in yoga. Yeah. Um, well, like you said, I come from a dance background and Pilates was heavily, especially um, through injuries and corrective uh, movement. Uh, yoga, I started meditating as a child, just kind of off the cuff. Um, you know, my, I had a very spiritual mother, so things were always introduced, but I never had like a traditional practice. And as I got older and was living in New York as a dancer, I tried out some yoga classes that were vinyasa and all sorts of different styles. And ultimately, after a back injury I had, whenever I'd go into downward dog, I would go into back spasm if I took a yoga class and I would just leave in pain after yoga class. And I was like, I don't think this is um, the purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I guess it's not for me because no one had told me how I could really adapt my practice to work for my body, even though I had all this mobility and strength from other things that the practice itself wasn't uh, supporting me. Um, I then ended up in a different type of practice that turned out to be um, a little more towards the culty side <laughs> than <laughs> I <laughs> I was prepared for so that's when I left that practice I was like oh okay this isn't for me um and I just kind of went a little bit more down the Pilates route for my body and stuff and then I found Ishta where is where I met you yes I love Ishta <laughs> Ishta is amazing integrated science of Hatha Tantra and Ayurveda used as an acronym and also coming from Ishta Devata from the Yoga Sutras Really, they focus on individualizing the practice and finding the shapes to work for your body. And that was just such a whole moment. I'm like, oh, I can do traditional asana. I just might need to bend my knees more in downward dog. And that's okay that my heels don't go down. I'm not an alien. And I'm not a bad <laughs> yogi. <laughs> Which is what I was made to feel like. Uh, so, yeah. So then uh, with Ishta, I really was able to then cultivate my own uh, practice and really take ownership of being able to flow the way I need to flow, to hold the way I need to hold, to ground, to uplift, um, the way that serves me on each given day. So uh, Ishta specifically, I mean, we met in teacher training, but I, you know, you and I have been in the Vancouver area. We're kind of overlapping <laughs> time right now. And I think I was definitely more surprised than you, and I'm newer to this, and you're, uh, you're kind of the body expert, but when I started going to <laughs> no. yoga classes in Vancouver, I didn't understand what the heck was going on, because coming from um, Ishta, which is highly individualized, and they work on giving you the tools so you can take care of yourself in a class, and you know everyone's modifying everything. Thing in a class to suit their own needs <laughs> mm -hmm. and going into a Vancouver just regular vinyasa yoga class I was a little confused because I kept leaving feeling worse and so I was wondering if you can like talk a little bit about what's going on in the industry what have you been seeing and kind of why things that like that happen like why do we go to a class and feel like crap when one class but then feel better in another class yeah I mean we've definitely spoken about this at length and 
you know, I was really wondering the same thing. I would like go to yoga class. I'm like, I don't feel the same way. I feel like when I left Ishta, like I would leave Ishta every time feeling better. Um, and I really, I think attribute the Ayurveda part of Ishta to that um, as well, because they really focus on helping people uh, with what's going on for them. So there's different, not to get too heady into the Ayurveda. I'm definitely not an Ayurveda specialist, um, but you have your constitution, the way you're made up of, if you're a little bit more on the um, grounded side or more on the energetic side or more on the spacey creative side. And their classes really are designed even within seasons to work on the natural imbalances that may occur. So I think because of that, I remember even asking one of the wonderful teachers at Ishta, Peter Furco, I was like, are you guys, do you guys get an email sent out every week <laughs> about what poses you have to do? Because like, like you, Sarah, and I know have all done the same thing this week. Like not the exact same class, but these like specific poses. And they're like, he's like, just kind of like, look like, no, we're all just, you know, tapped into that uh, collective, you know, uh, being consciousness. And I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then as I started <laughs> to learn more, I was like, I get it. And that's what they do there. Like they're working with, you see you're adapting for you they're working with the natural dynamic um so they're uh helping everyone kind of balance that out so they're in new york so you naturally have a little bit more of that hectic personality walking in so they really know how to work with that and here in vancouver i just um i kind of feel like it's something i've run into before i found ishta was you're just you're doing these poses not to say there's not great teachers out out here as well or great classes but you're just starting a certain way to start that way, not necessarily honing in on what's going on. And also just the flow of Ishta, the kind of bell curve they teach us as teachers there, just really navigate the body through the warming up, through the stretching, through the heat building, through the cooling down. And that may not have necessarily been the correct order, but just so that you end up in this place where you're ready for your meditation, you're ready for... Uh, that next part and so here I just find okay we're coming in we're doing these poses to start off with and I'm like this pose my body's not ready for it yet um for me my body needs a little more heat building before I'm sitting in a forward fold and that's not to say yin's another thing of course um in that regard so we won't you know delve down that rabbit hole but yeah I just I think Ishta with that Ayurveda with that individualized aspect of their training they're really helping you and if you need to come out of something it's so encouraged to take a break to take a pause go to child's pose if you need to you're not trying to prove you can hold your plank longer than the person next to you or do a chaturanga better or okay i've done five chaturangas today so i must be like chaturanga queen or i've done 55 so now i'm like superstar not saying that that's not bad either to work to physical goals but it just working the, with the ebb and flow of you of where you are and I think that that hasn't quite seeped into all aspects of the industry and maybe hasn't quite come into Vancouver as much just yet <laughs> so it's interesting because I feel like the yoga industry over the decades has gone gone through um different iterations where in terms of trying to adapt it to Western culture, there have been some pockets that have kept the spiritual component and the energetic component and a lot of the wellness pockets that have to completely taken it out on purpose. Um, mm -hmm. And 
I'm wondering from your perspective, what do you think that's doing to our bodies and what is it doing to our connections with other people? Yeah, I love that um, insight and question. I think, um, well, like you said, the, the spiritual has been taken a lot out to uh, adapt to our Western culture. And I think then that takes away the yoga out of it. It is just then a physical workout. Again, nothing wrong with that. Um, but then you're just doing a physical workout. And the thing that I think it gets a little bit trickier, I, I venture to say dangerous with yoga is you are trying to sometimes achieve these very extreme flexible poses and that require strength and really openness and all this stuff. And when you're not honing into if this is right for your body and if this is right for your body today, you're causing damage because you're just doing it to do it. Um, and so I think that kind of takes away the safety net of yoga and <laughs> makes this, that's why people are like getting injured, right? Like not everyone needs to do a certain pose that might hurt your hip. Uh, and then it's just like, it's as if you're just going out for a run. And again, I love running. So again, nothing bad with that. But again, even when you're running, you want to listen to your body. You know, if you're an Olympic athlete, you're training in a different way. <laughs> of course, that's a different thing. You're pushing different bounds and you're kind of weighing pros and cons. But I think when you take the spiritual out of yoga, we're not weighing the pros and cons enough for ourselves to choose what we should be trying to achieve. And then we're losing the essence of the whole point of asana, the physical postures of yoga was to get ready to take a comfortable seat and be able to do a meditation. Right. And I don't think most people understand that because I have definitely have told some of my clients who are trying to do meditation and then come back in for a coaching session. And they're <laughs> like, I can't, I can't sit still or I can't focus. And, you know, explaining mm -hmm. to them that they need to move their body first is like a foreign concept. So where, <laughs> where do you think the division between yoga and meditation happens? And and why do you think we're so disconnected culturally between the mind and the body? Um, I think it has to, I mean, this probably goes to the whole way the whole culture is set up, what our values are in the West, um, are making money, making those landmark goals on paper. So that transit translates into yoga, right? We're just trying to hit these poses, the marks. And then we lose the point of like, what does our body actually need right now so that we can sit comfortably? Like if you wake up in the morning, we all wake up some days like, oh, my back's a little stiff here. So maybe the first thing I'm going to do is not a major back bend. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I'm going to do a few cat cows, maybe back I, as someone who's had a couple of back injuries from dance, you know, some days I don't do the big back bends because that causes me more harm, but I can do a smaller backbend and that will get me ready for meditation. I still get that heart opener without causing pain. So the physical part of yoga is to work out the kinks in the body. For me personally, I might need to do a little bit more of planking sometimes before meditation or my legs fall asleep. Like I need to use my legs a little bit more so that they don't fall asleep as much. Um, and then also the thing I love about Isha is if your leg does fall asleep in meditation, come out, do a downward dog, yeah. adjust. Yeah. Come, you know, and that's also, I think, where we, we lose in Western culture or in our societies. Um, we think meditation is a certain thing and it's a certain goal to be able to sit there for a long period of time, have no thoughts, and then we're a good meditator versus, oh, my leg falls, fell asleep. A good meditation would be taking care of my body. And that invokes kind of the tantra that we learn as well at Ishta of how our bodies are vessel to learn through this life so not to fight ourselves us getting to know each other if you had met me 10 ago i had zero mind body connection 
Um, and that was definitely part of the problem with my academic training. And so I um, definitely started figuring that out when I went to Pilates to kind of do some back work and things like that. My Pilates instructor, her name was Sarah, was like, do you know where your abs are? And I was like, huh? I was like, I didn't feel, I, I didn't feel anything. Um, but yet I intuitively knew that I needed to kind of keep going down the road of um, Pilates. And then I did gyrotonics and then I ended up in yin yoga and restorative and then ended up in teacher training <laughs> with you. So it's, it's been like a 10 year journey of trying to reconnect the mind and the body Um for me, and I tend to have good internal awareness, but I've noticed that's just generally and, and probably more in my male clients. It's just like there's been such a disconnection um, mm-hmm. between the mind and the body that it really, I think, has started to cause problems in the way we interact and communicate yeah. with each other. And I'm just wondering from either a science or spiritual perspective, you know, how do you think that's impacting kind of our perception of loneliness and mm. kind of we're locked up right now? And what do you think is going on? Yeah. With that? Yeah. Um, well, I think because of that disconnection, because we approach our yoga and every physical thing as uh, hitting the mark, we lose touch with ourselves in that process and then when we lose touch with ourselves we're in these situations where we're on lockdown and locked up and we don't even know how to connect with other people because we can't connect with ourselves we're just trying to escape constantly from ourselves and that's something I notice for myself even when if I'm like pushing hard to do a longer run it's like is this beneficial am I just trying to escape something um and there's no right or wrong answer there so I think when we're disconnecting from others and because we can't connect to our own bodies, we then don't have access to our feelings and we don't have access to our feelings. How do we relate to each other? We're supposed to be feeling human beings. We're supposed to be being with other people and we can't be with other people if we're not able to be with ourselves. And that creates this whole sense of, like you said, loneliness because we feel so isolated rather than that connection that we're, Oh, we're all human. We're all here. I can have a conversation with someone. I can energetically connect with someone over a device still because I can just be here in the moment and through my breathing and through my centering, accept this other person, even though they're not here in the physical sense with me. And that I think can lead to a lot of people just feeling so isolated because technically we are, (laughs) Um. (laughs) but yeah. And it, you know, again, just all stems back to for not connecting to our own bodies and our physical practices, whatever that practice is for you, we're losing a sense of the human part. We're losing our instincts. We're losing, you know, that kind of primal ability to breathe together. Yeah. So when you've worked with clients or just kind of as you've observed being, you know, a student in class, you know, what parts of the body are people most out of balance Mm. with and kind of how do you think that's impacting us right now? Um, Yeah. Well, I think right now our stability is really thrown off. And that, you know, as those of us who've uh, lived in New York in the faster pace where you and I uh, met, there's all (laughs) sorts of things going on with that, like lower body area, that stability, the desires area um, are a little bit out of skew. And I think right now, um, noticing even taking clients online and stuff, 
you can notice that lower body is a little bit skewed. And even with myself, I noticed that I was taking a walk and I sprained my own ankle the other day because again, I'm, you know, there's a little instability there right now. And uh, so instead of maybe doing too much uplifting in my practice or too many back bends, I need to like ground, I need to stabilize. So I think something that people might need to be doing right now too is that grounding work. You still want to uplift, you still want to create heat. Absolutely. But just making sure we're connected because ultimately we're all on the same earth. And if we can all connect back to the earth, that will ripple through the matrix. So I kind of want to circle back a little bit. You mentioned the word Tantra, which is part of the ISTRA acronym. And in my field, um, I can't tell you the number of times that when someone's asked me about my yoga teacher training or they've gone on this bandwagon of look looking it up they always come in with like a set of sexual poses <laughs> and thinking that they're some kind of tantric expert and wanting especially the men wanting to come in and like think that you know their god's gift to sex and so <laughs> you and i know that's not really what tantra is about but in the west there seems to be a lot of confusion and can you speak to like what it actually is um, yeah, it, it's so interesting, right? Like when I first saw the Tantra part of Ishta, even, I was a little bit like knowing my experience of having gone into different places and being like, oh, this is not what I was, I'm here for. I was a little bit like, I really hope this doesn't end up like all those other times where I end up in these situations. And I'm like, ooh, went down the wrong road. Um, definitely, <laughs> definitely not at Ishta. Definitely the right road. Ishta really teaches Tantra from the science perspective and the duality and non-duality perspective and how we're ultimately trying to connect Shiva to Sha, Shakti to Shiva, not in a, you know, yes, you can absolutely channel that energy and use it for sex. You know, and if you're doing that, but if you're doing that, there is a way to do it where you're connecting to let that release happen. Um, but really, how do we do that in our daily living? And so that we can kind of experience that uplifting, that connection to universal. So we really, it, 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 through that training, um, we learn how to do that through different meditation techniques, through different kriyas, which are purification uh, techniques, and really just to create that non-dualism. Because uh, we live in a dualistic world. That's how everything exists. Everything exists light and dark, hot and cold. Like, you know, everything. So we're not taking ourselves away from that completely because we still want to um, be living. So we're using the, the methods and techniques to feel that union, to feel that oneness, to tap into um, perhaps an intelligence that's greater than us or a wisdom that's there for all of us to access. And then how do we bring that back into life and experience life from a, a, a new or a heightened perspective, still knowing light and dark exist, hot and cold. Um, and yeah, so that's, I think, one of the best things about Ishta too is even after meditations, we really bring that back down. We're not trying to stay floating up in the ether because ultimately we are human and we're living a human experience on earth. So we just, you want to bring that knowledge that you experience from that non-dualistic approach back into this world as we know it. So my understanding of Tantra, um, it's also it that, and I think you've touched based on it, but I'm just asking for clarification purposes, is the idea that we are supposed to be living our daily life as if we are already divine, that we're not sitting under a tree meditating for, you know, 17 hours a day, like waiting 
you know, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. an entity to come, <laughs> come and save us. So like we are here already and we are, you know, and just like basic everyday life while we're making our coffee and things like that, that we're actually an embodiment of uh, spirit. Can you talk a little bit? more about that absolutely so yeah the whole point is not to escape life and go to somewhere better the whole point is this is the divine we're like this is um the best aspect for us right now right so we're every part of our living should be infused or can be i should say infused with that feeling of divine because it's in us all so yeah absolutely we're not trying and that's why even um in in ishta training we don't Uh, We're not trying to, we ground, we ground because this is where we want to be. This is where we're bringing that essence. We're bringing, we're touching more of the divine to bring more of the divine to us to experience this world because this is the beauty. Like our bodies are such gifts rather than things we're trying to escape. We're not trying to sit in meditation, like you said, for 17 hours, trying to escape our body, escape this plane and live somewhere else. We're trying to live here (laughs) and bring it here. And, you know, make our coffee, enjoy your coffee. Nothing wrong with that. Have a a conversation with a friend, go to dinner, you know, create good in the world in the manner that you're called to create that good. But yeah, we're here in this world, not trying to jump ship. (laughs) (laughs) Float float to another planet. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Which is what I experience if I go and meditate at like, you know, some other like type of meditation. And then like, um, I think I was in a Buddhist temple in Maryland with a friend in a um, silent retreat in January where I like we had meditated most of the day and then everyone just got up and left and I sat on the floor and did some (laughs) yoga poses because I was a space cadet and couldn't understand why people were even capable of walking out the doors (laughs) and not stumbling down the stairs so I think um, it's definitely there's something unique about the Ishta practice and also with the influence of the tantra that really is you know an emphasis on kind of living you know here um that makes it (laughs) makes a difference but it's definitely not discussed much in the yoga or the meditation community Mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely like i've never like never heard grounding spoken of as it has been at edition that was one of the things that I was like oh like that makes sense like we're not trying to float above earth we're trying to live on earth (laughs) (laughs) oh I'm supposed to enjoy life I'm supposed to actually (laughs) yeah we're supposed to enjoy life that's like a magical like message I feel like Mm -hmm. especially if you go into other you know practices there's constant like negative language used in terms of trying to like Mm -hmm. clear delusions um, out of your head to kind of get to that magical place. And the Tantra is definitely a, more of a, like a positive psychology approach to life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so the concept of Tantra really is that we're supposed to be finding balance within ourselves first, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, would, I mean, like for me, that's how it comes across for me as well. Okay. I, uh, I, I definitely, like, I think we can't, you can't start with balance outside yourself, right? You, can't, you know, you have to first, it's like, you can't be loved unless you love yourself first. You know, well, well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that many of the clients that I, I've worked with, um, you know, because we're doing kind of, you know, relationships and day coaching stuff, I think our culture has trained people to seek those things in other 
and other people. Um, and I think it definitely leads to problems. And I think it's definitely led to what we've experienced in the past few years with hashtag me too, and just really, yeah. really inappropriate behavior, um, you know, coming um, from certain people. And I'm just wondering if you have some thoughts about um, what, you know, we're all, we're all locked away because of Corona right now. Um, what <laughs> what can we be doing in terms of balancing our energy so that, you know, when we start to lose it, we don't automatically begin to channel it into sexual activity or inappropriate sexual activity? Yeah, um, I think like grounding practices are really great for that right now. So anything working into the legs, um, you know, obviously listening to any doctors, PTs, how they want you to work. If you're injured, of course, consult, um, reaching out to professionals too. I think there's so much good free stuff right now and it's great because everyone has access, but also, you know, if you can access, um, a professional, not saying that everyone who's offering free stuff, isn't a teacher, a professional teacher or anything like that, not to take away from what anyone's offering, but if you can access, um, maybe a teacher you trust, if you have questions, uh, about poses, but just knowing how you feel, if you're feeling super spacey, um, trying to stay a little bit more down into the legs. Uh, if you're feeling a little lethargic, maybe do something that creates a little bit more uh, heat. And then noticing how you feel after you've done a practice. Because when you notice after, you'll know if it kind of had the um, outcome that you were looking for. <laughs> Um, if you're feeling like more flighty, then just check in. Like, did you do, like, did you focus more on back bends than anything else and heart openers? Like heart openers are great, but if you're already feeling really like out and up there, you might want to just bring it in and down. So I think just like keeping things simple too. This is not the time that you need to like master a crazy arm balance. Um, not saying there's, that's wrong, <laughs> but you know, just keep it simple. Just stick to a routine. Like if you're waking up at a normal, at your like normal biological clock time or not at your own personal clock time, wake up at that time, make your tea, make your coffee, have your juice, do a practice, take some time, journal, write about it. Also, especially in times if like, you know, that energy, that sexual energy, like maybe just doing some writing around it so you can still like let it out, but not let it out on another person. Uh, <laughs> sometimes be helpful and yeah. then just ch checking in with ways you can connect with people uh, set up FaceTimes with your friends set up little group hangs online uh, and really just knowing that this time is for us also to go inward and try not to escape that like it's really easy to for all of us escape that um, kind of thing the universe is trying to get us to do which is quiet down like stay inside <laughs> stay inside well no i literally yeah. like yeah no we've been we're, we've been put in time out like we can't go anywhere um but i think people are actually getting themselves very distracted by still trying to online and virtual dates i'm kind of wondering if you have any thoughts mm. about kind of that if people are not you know don't have a history of having a practice and we're all unbalanced and out of routine and then we're trying to engage with new new people kind of like yeah. tips on how to do that you know appropriately or efficiently or effectively <laughs> yeah I would say um before you have that online date before you connect that person you know if running is your thing go for a run social distance and all that make sure you're doing something for you first 
um, so that you're just always coming into a situation as um, kind of re- released and grounded as possible. So you're not coming into it from a, I've been pacing my apartment and I have all this pent up energy. And then it just unleashes in whatever channel it uh, <laughs> kind of finds its path down. <laughs> uh, so it's just remembering to take some time. You know, I know I think meditation is great. I say meditate every day, but that's not necessarily where everyone's at. Right. So even just breathe, sit, breathe for three minutes before you get on this online chat video call uh date situation just breathe <laughs> just take a few moments because you have to do it anyway I promise you this is not like a thing we're trying to get you to buy into you have to breathe I promise you so I would recommend just you know just breathe and then if you find yourself in a tricky situation on the other end and someone's coming at you in a way that you're not comfortable with um Feel your ownership to be like, hey, I think we've gotten off track here. Um, If you need to sign off, you know, you can do that in a nice way. Be like, you know, this isn't going how that's serving me. Notice how you're feeling in the interactions as well. If you're starting to feel really agitated, you know, maybe you need to sign off and call a friend. And just, you know, take that ownership. It's okay to be like, I can't do this right now. I'm not saying maybe no completely, but this is not, this is not serving me right now. So, you know, taking that space and just like we do in a practice on the mat, if a pose isn't for you, if a conversation isn't for you, come out of it. Um, I know, you know, we've, I'm not currently single. I am uh, happily married, but I know that feeling. I've been single for long periods of my life. So I know how that feels. And I can only imagine in social isolation on top of that, the need or desire to really connect, but try to connect back to the self, try to honor yourself and, uh, approach the interactions from that and adjust it's always like it's a con- it's a constant adjust it's like cooking you're always you know kind of adjusting the temperature oh we want to simmer it down you know so just cook yourself <laughs> <laughs> no it's interesting yeah no i mean it's interesting that you know they like i think the average the industry's advice in the, or um from like the dating world and my colleagues has been to really encourage people right now to online date and I've been telling every like mm. all my clients like now is actually a really good time to do your personal development work and not date um because yeah. you usually come in with a bunch of excuses to either coaching or your therapist or whoever you're working with saying you don't have time to do your inner work or you don't have time to go on that retreat or you don't have time to meditate or you don't you know, have time to exercise and now you do. And so I I do think we have to mindfully look at our decisions to whether or not online dating is really a good idea right now. Some people would be in a great place to do it, but I think a lot of people are using it for the wrong, the wrong reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it just reflects so much to how everyone can be, um, kind of using this time like you said like even if we're working 12 hour days from home we still have more time you're cutting out commuting right like you have that extra half an hour hour whatever in the morning or nighttime now to actually connect to hey this may be the time you start doing pilates this may be the time you start your yoga practice this may be the time you pick up running uh but yeah doing the things for you um and i'll say even as someone who is in a relationship it's important to do that even in a relationship right so it's even important if to take that time for you if you're dating and virtual dating, but even especially if you're isolated, you're, just, you're isolated in a space with another human, you need to take that time for you and come into the situation grounded. Otherwise it can be a, 
you know, that that 7 p.m. for the healthcare workers battling outside <laughs> might be going on inside with your brain going, ah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so, yeah, I think it's a good time for everyone to connect, like, before, maybe before starting dating, and you're definitely an expert in this, in this uh, field, before dating, maybe first try a couple of days, a few days a week of connecting to yourself. And then if you really feel like you're called to have to, to need to connect with someone in that virtual dating, then coming from it from a place of a little bit more like, ha, ah, this is me. Yeah, I think that's really important. I don't think, I mean, I think most of us are kind of like trying to decide if we're going to wear yo- the same yoga pants like four days in a row right now, <laughs> um, or whether or not we're going to take that shower because like we're not going anywhere knowing, you know, if we're single, we've been by ourselves so no one is seeing us. Um, and maybe we get motivated by like a Zoom meeting and then realize that we have to wash our hair or something like that so like we're definitely thrown off um our schedules um but it sounds like it would be more in line with like yogic philosophy tantra to actually stick with routines and taking care of your body and doing Mm. the self-care um kind of as like yeah absolutely yeah I'm I'm a big advocate even like you know my husband does not care what my hair looks like or if I'm wearing yoga pants or not but I care for me and I'm not saying this is good or bad for anyone again I'm not saying you have to dress up and that's the right way but for me I know if I don't take that shower and I don't put on an outfit for a date night Friday even though it's still inside that doesn't serve me because I don't feel good and again I'm saying you don't need to do those things to feel good but for me that enlivens me I enjoy playing with makeup so don't lose those aspects like if you like being in sweatpants all day great um maybe (laughs) (laughs) you know like we all have to do these things like it's you know take a shower and put on a pair another pair of pjs it doesn't matter what you put like just keep yourself feeling energized and fresh in those ways otherwise it can get really like oh what's the point um (laughs) um i know for me like i always you know wear that wear that sexy lingerie for you (laughs) You deserve it. Why are you saving it for someone else? No, it's a really good edge. A little bit of time to talk about your business, Ankhbadi, um, and kind of why you decided um, to start an online studio and kind of uh, what it is and how people can contact you and kind of what is it that you offer. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, well, I started an online studio before Corona because uh, I am a growing psychic <laughs> as you uh, thought yes. maybe I was. <laughs> I, I don't know if I am or if it was just an intuition of knowing I needed to do this. But um, I started online primarily because I moved the, made the move from New York to Vancouver and I want to create a little more freedom in life and kind of stay in touch with more people um, and not feel like I just like dropped everything and uh, went to another part of the world, um, which is nothing wrong with that. Uh, but so, yeah, so it's an online studio. I wanted to be accessible for everyone. I wanted people to be able, I know for me, I stayed away from yoga because I felt like I couldn't do it it hurt my body. And then I was just kind of embarrassed when I could do it. because I was like, my heels don't go down downward dog. I can't teach a yoga ever, which is a thought I had, you know, when I was 19, over a decade ago, because I can't do certain poses. So it just gives people the space and the comfort of their own home to do Pilates, yoga or meditation, or all three. I have Ankh body signatures as well, which kind of blends yoga and Pilates. And some of them have meditations as well 
to give them the freedom and space to do it in their home. Also, if they need to slip it in or if you're traveling, I know when I'm traveling, sometimes I'm like, where's the studio? And my whole point of being in another city sometimes is not to find a studio and look and I just want to do my practice. So that's basically why I did Ankh Body or created Ankh Body, which um, the web, the studio is ankhbody.com and Ankh is A-N-K-H and then body, B-O-D-Y.com. Uh, my email through onkbody is onkbody at gmail.com. So anyone can reach out and ask me any questions. Um, yeah, and it's super affordable. It's $12.99 a month. And there's over 80 classes up there now and growing. We're adding classes basically, well, every month, definitely, but basically every week um, as well. So I just wanted people to have space and time and kind of create that you know, we don't always get to travel. We don't always get to retreat, but uh, you can kind of create that for yourself in your home. And, you know, Pilates has been such a tool for me to stay out of pain, get out of pain, keep me walking out of some really um, crappy injuries. And yoga has kept me feeling in some very intimate <laughs> times. <laughs> and, you know, meditation gives me that inspiration to keep going and to always have a place to go to when maybe the daily stuff is a little bit too much. We've all experienced that. So it doesn't have to mean like you don't have to become a 17 hour a day meditator. <laughs> it's just, it's just about taking time, you know, and just something on meditation. Like uh, most people's meditations aren't this quiet place that you've you know reached you know like meditation's a fluid thing some days you're like huh some days you're like I can't stop my mind it's okay it's not a bad meditation you are where you are that day things are processing flowing and you gradually learn how to let go and come back to that stillness and it's a constant process just like if you stopped planking planks get hard if you stopped you know doing your chaturangas they get hard right so it's it's a tool it's a muscle you're building so be gentle with yourself just like you would in a practice hopefully <laughs> so you mean you shouldn't just download an app and try you know to meditate once and then think that you suck at it and give up yes it's exactly <laughs> what I mean like give it some time I think like generally you're gonna need to give something about a month right to really kind of find your routine and even if it's to start with like three minutes there's nothing wrong with three minutes three minutes of I tell you in living in New York three minutes of breathing in the morning long, <laughs> long way to making you uh, feel like you can get through that day so yeah like give your give time it's like it's a tool you gotta build it's like you know you gotta go to do all these we gotta eat every day right so it's not something we do once and then we're sad <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like something that came to me earlier today, just a quick share is like, um, you know, yoga and meditation are really like the nutrition of the mind. So you got to keep feeding. No, I like that. I really like that because it gives um, the idea that it's not something you do to fix something to feel better, that it's just something that becomes a part of your life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, everyone can do it. Like you can adjust. And again, if anyone needs to email me and be like, Oh, I have this in, you know, injury, of course, consult with your doctors and stuff. But if you need, like, I just need a different way to do this pose because I can't do it this way, you know, give yourself that permission and get the help from other people to help you find it. There's nothing that can't work for you. If you you're sitting in a chair, you can do some yoga. <laughs> that is very true. I think I just took a, an online class with one of our teachers maybe a couple of weeks ago. It must have been the first week we were all kind of locked locked down. And, mm -hmm. um, 
I forgot who it was, but started modifying. She got up off the mat and into a chair because she noticed that one of her mm-hmm. online students um, was definitely not capable of being being on the floor. So there really is no no excuse that it could be modified for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And there's no remember that like for yoga and even the pl- it's not about reaching a goal it's about the it's like everything it's about the journey so just enjoy the process enjoy the journey I mean there's poses I still can't do there are poses other people still can't do um there are poses that we felt amazing when we conquered and poses we've eliminated out of our practices because they don't feel good for our bodies it's okay like it's okay even if you follow a certain type of yoga, give yourself permission to cut out what you don't need or that doesn't work for you and adjust, modify, like live life to work for you, not, you know, don't work for it. (laughs) (laughs) Say um, that that was a really good uh, comment because I think that our culture tries to teach us how to fit in the box rather than us learn how to modify our space and not go into someone else's box. (laughs) So I think it's, I think it's, the following the journey is like is good advice um my last question for you um it comes from my time working um uh at Tulane where we used to interview um you know people about their relationships and kind of Mm -hmm. I'd like Mm -hmm. to know what your favorite adjective to describe um your ideal or just like an overall like your vision of what a healthy relationship is oh (laughs) (laughs) my favorite adjective to okay um oh gosh it's it's such a I don't know if this is an adjective or how I make it an adjective (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think for me it would have to come to growth growth expansion growth and expansion okay Yeah, I just, I think that like all things in life and to bring it back to how we treat ourselves in our workouts and our yoga, we're trying to reach an ideal and a relationship is not an ideal. Mm. It's not. And if you're looking for that, I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't burst our bubbles. What are you talking about? It's just going to burst your bubble, but it's just, it's life. It's another journey. And I think the thing I've learned so much in in my marriage with my wonderful patient husband uh, (laughs) is the growth it's the it's and that's really where it's exciting it's exciting when you realize you've grown and you're growing and if you can grow together that ultimately cultivates that you know it's not the ideal but it's it's a beautiful place and um just to be patient with that growth and expansion well, I think that is a beautiful place for us to stop. I love the idea of growth and expansions. And I just want to say thank you for speaking with me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jenny. This has been truly wonderful. And you are a wonderful divine light in this universe. And I hope people listen to you and take your wonderful uh, trainings and teachings and uh, implement them in their life oh thank you and i hope that people sign up for akbody.com i'm signed up i did a yes i you are. I, I am signed up i did a pilates class the other day um and so it's like nice to have um 
different options available. So thank you for using your intuition and starting a studio before Corona locked us down. Um, And so I hope that people take advantage of your offers. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed our first episode. As a quick reminder, anything that has been said on this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult any of your medical professionals or your mental health professionals if you have any personal questions. Um, Since this podcast has just started, if you have any comments or if you would like to get in touch with our guests or you have some ideas of episodes that you would like us to record, please go ahead and uh, email me at jennifer at rapportrelationships.com.